3: All right, we are back on the Dr. Dolly Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So um, I uh, I I understand that a lot of the headlines right now are surrounding what happened yesterday in terms of. Trump having a town hall, and and Nikki Haley was uh, up against DeSantis. We know that Chris Christie had bowed out of the race. He was caught on a hot mic basically saying that Nikki Haley is going to get, you know, blown out of the race uh, based on... um, uh, his opinion, and uh, you know we, we know that chris christie wasn 't going to go down without a fight, whether he knew the mic was hot or not. He obviously has some choice words he even had said he is going to do everything in his power to not let Trump become president again. Um, not sure how much power he has if he couldn 't even make it through the primary, uh, but you know uh, you know Trump has his enemies, and it 's when i the one thing that i picked up yesterday, because I saw the Trump town hall, and then I switched it over to the desantis uh, Nikki Haley debate that was run by CNN, both of them in Iowa, ahead of the caucuses. You know, I, um, from a psychology standpoint, I like to look at elections, you know, and uh, voter psychology. Um, it, uh, it, it looks a little bit of a mess right now, and I think a lot of people are uneasy, Trust me, the Democratic side even looks even more of a mess, you know, with you know, President Biden and everything going on with Hunter and impeachment and issues and all the other stuff that's going on there. I'm really amazed that Biden is running again. I get that he wants to, but we're um, uh, I, I think America's pretty uneasy and the primaries are always necessary because it is our dry run. Who you know? People had said early on, you know, that we shouldn't do primaries because it makes the the candidates look bad. So then, you know, pe- uh, the other Republicans or other Democrats are basically narking on the other ones. And so now, you know, we pick a candidate that now has all this baggage that was revealed during to a, to a primary. Uh, I, uh, even though that might be the case, I disagree. I think primaries are crucial because if you could survive the brutality that comes with the punches that your you know that your Republican or Democratic colleague gives, then you are going to be in better shape. If I could be using a physical fitness sort of analogy, metaphor, for then the the real thing, the real one. And so, you know, seeing them battle it out you know, uh, is uh, you know, Desantis and Nikki Haley. It's not easy. It's not. It's hard to watch. It was hard to watch the Democratic primary. It's hard to watch. I get that. That it's supposed to be. Well, I don't want to see any. Uh, you know, and and you know, I want to. You know, all these individuals. Even though, yeah, we make fun of politicians a lot, and you know, we 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 think the world might be better without politicians. To some of their credit, it's not easy running a state. I credit both DeSantis and Nikki Haley for all they've done. Do I think one of them would be a better president than President Trump? Uh, you know, Trump's already been there. If you, if we know what we're going to get with Trump, if that's what you want, border secure, the economy coming back, you know, foreign entities who want to mess with us, backing off. You're going to probably go for Trump. You know, one thing, though, that Trump said, which was fascinating, is uh, during his town hall, they asked him about the chaos. And they said that people fear that if Trump becomes president, that there's going to be chaos. And his answer to that was actually very, you know, well, well, you know, worded. He said, well, there's chaos now. But Biden, this is chaotic. The is a mess. Crime, our school systems, not being able to care for our migrants, rampant spending, uh, on the verge of possible three wars. Yep. I, there's going to be chaos no matter what. So that, that was actually a good answer on his part. Uh, you know, uh, people ask who is he going to choose for vice president. A lot of people think it could be Tim Scott. You know, you know, President Trump wants somebody who can obviously, you know, take on his legacy, somebody who's not going to be as alpha, somebody who can. And most people take pick a vice president that will be beta uh, to him. And, you know, Tim Scott had a very nice demeanor. He had a very smart guy, very smart guy. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he picks Tim Scott. Tim Scott, I don't know if he would pick Vivek. Um, I don't, again, you know, Vivek uh, doesn't, again, have a lot of experience. And so you definitely want somebody when you pick a vice president who's going to compliment you, which kind of made us scratch our heads why Biden picked Kamala Harris. You know, I, I, as I said, you know, I had, you know, no issue with, you know, President Biden picking a vice president until he says, I'm going to pick a woman. He could have picked a woman anyway. But the fact that he said it so that he got credit for picking a woman, now it made it look like the only way a woman made it there is because he had to remove half of all applicants or 70% of all other applicants. He should have said, look, I'm going to pick the best person for the job. I'm going to pick the person who really knows how to lead, who has led, has an amazing resume, and will do the best job as vice president. But he didn't say that. He goes, I'm going to pick a woman. And so, unfortunately, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, but most vice presidents are sidelined. They don't really get a chance to shine. They won't let a vice president outshine a president. So, you know, we're we understand that those, you know, those things happen. But for President Trump, you know, he kind of is already already has kind of a commanding presence. So I don't think anybody he picks is going to be able to overshadow him. But, you know, Seeing what's going on right now as we're going to be coming up on the first of the primaries is very unsettling. Yeah, you know, we don't know what's happening with Trump's legal cases. We don't, states are trying to kick him off the ballot. The Supreme Court is going to have to rush to look at this to see if that's even constitutional. I thought the voters get to choose who they want. I, I thought voters get to choose Mickey Mouse if they want in these polls. And, and so I'm kind of I've never heard of somebody saying okay we're gonna not let somebody be on the ballot so you don't get that choice so it's it's definitely going to be a very dramatic year 1877 doc Dolly don't go away dr. Dahlia here
4: What has happened for them since starting Extendivite? Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing, and I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product is what it claims to be. Great product, a few days in, and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend
3: your life with Extend.
2: says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there.
3: Alright, so we are back on the Dr. Dahlia show. Thank you all for tuning in. 1877 Dr. Dolly. 1877 D O C D A L I. Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making the show happen. Big thanks to Daniel, our producer, and big thanks to y'all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, the Dr. Dahlia Show. So a very common question I get asked is how do I know if my headache is a brain tumor. How do I know if my headache is just a migraine or if it's something more serious? And we've talked about it on the show, but we're going to talk about it again. As Michael Strahan's daughter, Isabella, it's been revealed that she is suffering from a brain tumor. Just to let you know what's going on with her, poor thing, she's only 19 years old. And on Good Morning America, she and her father talked about her health battle. how a tumor that was larger than a golf ball was growing in the back of her head. She goes to u s c and she had to undergo emergency surgery and um, I, you know we we hope that she could overcome this, um, but a brain tumor is obviously not there are some benign, but unfortunately, there are some that are very very aggressive michael bolton has recently been diagnosed with a brain tumor and so we pray 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 that isabella could get through this we pray for michael bolton we pray for anybody we had a friend uh close to us who was one of the best men at my husband my husband's at my wedding who had passed from a brain tumor and uh it scares everybody what i'm noticing though as i do a lot of telemedicine uh visits are many people though are not getting evaluated we don't want people always getting scanned every time they have a headache. But on the other end, I've had people that say, I have migraines. This headache is horrible. I need medication. And you're like, okay, you have migraines. Okay, how was that diagnosed? When did you see a doctor last? Oh, I just, I just know they're a migraine. I go, have you ever had a scan? Have you ever had a neurological exam? No, but they're migraines. And so I teach students, when somebody says they have a migraine, uh, make sure that's been confirmed. Because unfortunately, in the medical field, somebody could say, okay, well if you have a migraine, well then, okay, well that means it has been confirmed. You suffer from bad headaches that could come with auras that can be debilitating, that could mimic a stroke or tumor, but because you've been given the diagnosis of migraine, other causes have been ruled out, so we could move on and just give you migraine medicine. before, and I always caution patients, before you say I have a migraine, make sure it has been diagnosed in person. And I'm not saying all headaches or migraines are brain tumors. Brain tumors are rare. Headaches are so common that the average you have headaches, there's a good chance that not it's not a tumor. But God forbid you do have a stroke or a bleed or meningitis, or a tumor, I don't want you going around for weeks or months going, oh yeah, it's just a migraine. Well, why do you think it's a migraine? Well, because I took Excedrin Migraine and it worked. Excedrin Migraine is a pain reliever It will help with headaches, but that doesn't mean you have a migraine. Just because you take Ritalin or Adderall and you find you do better at work doesn't mean you have ADHD. Stimulants will make you a little bit more productive. So we want to make sure we're getting the diagnosis right. So how do you know if your headache is a brain tumor or, or something or like, okay, well, let's start with meningitis. So meningitis or encephalitis are infections of the brain and spinal cord or brain respectively. Encephalitis, inflammation of the brain, which we have seen with COVID, meningitis, we see with bacteria, viruses, fungi. And so a headache that is really severe, that comes on, might be accompanied with, I can't look at the light, I can't look at the light. My neck is stiff, I don't wanna move my neck. Now, those of you that suffer from migraines that go, I can't look at light either, we know. But with encephalitis or meningitis, you might have issues with your neck and neck stiffness. Again, if you're at all sick, or you have COVID, or you have the worst headache you've ever had, get it checked out. I don't, I don't want you to mess around. In terms of a bleed, I had a patient come into the urgent care years ago uh, that I was working at saying, uh, and the nurse said, and I was, I had just recently been hired, so I was new, and the nurse goes, let me just give him his Decadron and Phenergan. Uh It's just his basic migraine, and he's good. Uh, I'll let you know when I need you. I go, can I talk to him first? Can I see him first? Thank you you know, for your help, but can I see him first? And the patient goes, you know, I've been coming in here for months, but this headache is the worst I've ever had. This is worse than any of my other headaches. Once somebody says it's the worst headache they've ever had, I ordered a scan. He actually had bilateral bleeds in his brain. I've never seen both sides. He had a bleed in his brain. Okay, that's not a migraine. That's not a typical headache. So one red flag is if this is the worst headache you've ever had. If it's a headache, so if we're worried about a tumor or a bleed or something that could be physically causing the headache, then think of your mechanics. If you cough or sneeze and increase pressure, it's going to hurt. Now, mind you, if I cough or sneeze with a, head, with a migraine, it hurts too. But if there's certain positions and you're like, whoa, it hurts more when I do this, but it hurts less when I do this. Well, there could be a fluid collection. there Because a tumor isn't just necessarily growth. Your body's trying to wall it off or fight it off. So the fluid might be your first signal or your first trigger to getting the pain. And so if you shift certain positions and you feel the pain. Now, if you have other neurological deficits, if you have blurred vision, if you're numb in certain areas, now, th- that's why a doctor will always order a CAT scan or an MRI if he or she finds, or a medical provider, if they find that you have some sort of neurological deficit. We have, well, the reflex is off. Or you seem to be numb over here. And it has to be a really good neurological exam. In fact, you don't even need the imaging. You could diagnose a brain tumor by doing a really good history and physical. But we want to get the imaging, obviously. But you know, you got to give the doctor that time they're not going to be able to do it over the phone with telemedicine. You know, if you have a bad, bad headache, and you're like, I feel nauseous, and I feel tired, and I feel dizzy, and I can't focus with my vision, we're going to tell you to call 911. It could be a stroke. It could be be a brain tumor. Now, you know, there's tons of different types of headaches. We get that. There's tension headaches. There's cervicogenic headaches, where they stem from your cervical spine. Cluster headaches, migraines, headaches, and, and in fact, I, you know, there's a whole subspecialty in it in neurology. Headaches happen. If you have a headache and it was after you drinking, and we notice after giving you IV fluids, the headache you know improves and we did a neurological exam on you, and we don't think you had a bleed to the brain because alcohol can raise your blood pressure, you could fall, have a bleed. You know, we might forego the scan. You know, but usually if somebody comes in at all with altered mental status, drank, we're probably going to scan just to make sure because you won't be able to tell us a good history. But if you're sober and you go, I got a bad headache, I have a hangover, and then we probably, you know, if there's a reason for your headache. Look, I was on the computer for 12 hours and I get headaches when I'm on a computer from eye strain. Okay, then there's a reason for it. But if your headaches don't go away, if they progress, if you have new onset headaches after age 50. Yeah, I've never gotten headaches and all of a sudden now I'm getting them. Even though menopause could do that, drops in testosterone can. Again, we're going to want to make sure Because not only can a headache be a stroke or a primary brain tumor, you know, we also want to make sure there's nothing metastatic. Some individuals who get diagnosed with cancer, you know, from you know their lungs or breast or whatever, and have not seen a medical provider, sometimes their first sign is they're dizzy. So we do a scan and lo and behold, we see a tumor. And then we're like, well, where did this come from? And then we do the whole body, and then we're like, oh, This is where the primary is. Now, again, I don't want to scare you. The average headache is not a tumor. It's not a tumor. All right? Uh, But it is frightening. Nobody wants to go through what the Strahan family is going through or what Michael Bolton's going through or what my friend's family went through. And it is frightening. And so if you do have headaches... And you have not seen a medical provider, and you have not been um, you know, diligent or, or, or you don't believe somebody has done a physical on you that's that thorough because you don't have a medical provider, you've just been using telemedicine, so you ran into an urgent care for something for pain and the urgent care doctor was really busy and only spent two minutes with you. If you don't feel like you have had the the you know, the the full attention to make sure you you know what your headaches are from, for the love of God and get seen by a medical provider and if the headache is really really bad don't mess with it go to the er okay one eight seven seven doc dolly don't go away USA News Update. Former President Donald Trump took part in a town hall last night with Fox News. Meanwhile, he plans to personally address the court during closing arguments in his civil business fraud trial in New York, a rare move approved by Judge Arthur and Gorin. The final Republican debate also taking place before voters in Iowa head to the polls next week. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley taking the stage. Someone needs to tell former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie that the mic is always hot. The former GOP candidate did announce that he was suspending his campaign for president while he was in New Hampshire yesterday. However, he made comments before he made that announcement about Nikki Haley and about how she was, quote, going to get smoked,
7: unquote. Corey Myers, USA News.
3: thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dali. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So, one of the biggest headlines in health news over the last week or two was this releva- revelation that we are consuming too much microplastics in our food. These "quote unquote" forever chemicals that could cause cancer, disrupt fertility, or endocrine function, make us fat, and it um, you know, it, we've known about this. We know we're exposed to plastics and a bunch of garbage and crap, but uh, you don't really get anybody to listen until you bring up the ching and how much money it costs. So one of the latest headlines is telling us that our microplastic consumption in our food and water, not to mention all our you know, chemicals and makeup and soaps and all that, could possibly cost us... $250 billion a year in health care. So now are we going to do something about it? Well, I don't know what we can do. They say estimates say that plastic-related diseases kill more than a million people each year globally, and experts believe the chemicals may be contributing to a mysterious rise in cancer in young people. The study from New York University researchers estimated that in 2018 alone, Exposure to microplastics cost us 290 billion. For comparison, the entire COVID pandemic cost 203 billion in healthcare costs. So this was mathematical modeling. But now that we know that 1 liter of bottled water could have up to 240,000 plastic particles and that microplastics have been found in 90% of our food, even whole food like chicken, fish and beef, um, plastics in our clothes our kitchenware, the lining of your coffee that you get, you know, at Starbucks, uh, I haven't really examined their cups, but I'm told that these cups that have that, that slick lining. So the coffee doesn't, you can't have paper and hot liquid. So you need a barrier and that could have microplastics in it. Uh, what do we do? You know, water repellents is something we need. We water repellents is something we've been using to avoid fungus and mold, and spoiling of food. And so, to do one thing for our health is unfortunately wrecking havoc on other things, including our environment. In fact, they're saying that some of these plastics. Might even be linked to ADHD and autism. The polybrominated diphenyl ethers, the phthalates, the bisphenols, the poly and perfluoroalkyl substances. These have been very well known to be linked to multiple different diseases. They're in our plastics, our solvents, flame retardants, adhesives. I don't lick envelopes anymore. I'll just fold it over. I don't even think I mail. I, I don't I don't really mail Christmas cards anymore. I'll just send you a little gif. I don't I just don't want to lick it. I, I think it was that Seinfeld episode where Susan died from the glue. Yeah, that that really did. A lot of people will not lick envelopes after that. where George's fiance died because he bought the cheapest of cheap wedding invitations and the glue was so bad that it was poisoned. Um, even though I, I i doubt that would be a you know very common medical occurrence uh, why am i licking glue you know, i used to like the taste of licking stamps i didn't mind the taste of that but in order for you to have an adhesive that tastes good again chemicals and you're licking an adhesive now these stamps are stickers but again on plastic so we're always exposed to plastic and uh, whether people care about it costing our health care system or they care about the cancer rise in young people, the, the, the young individual cancer cases, uh, there could be a variety of reasons for that. Could be our plastic exposure. It could be that rather than eating fresh farm to table food, you know, the average young individual is eating frozen foods and uh, fast food and uh, fake food and foods that doesn't really have a lot of natural ingredients, especially since a lot of fresh food is more expensive than the cheaper fake food? Is it because of our Wi-Fi and radiation and phones and that? No. Is it our sexual practices? We know that sex can share HPV, a virus that can cause cancer. And we are seeing, you know, Obviously, we've seen less uh, um, uh, HPV-related cancers when we had uh, sort of more traditional ways of dating. People were always having sex, but there were fewer people having sex than they do now. You know, it's interesting. Uh, When I was in medical school, we were given certain handouts with information if We weren't always following the textbook. Sometimes you would have a professor uh, hand you something that had bullet points. And there was, uh, I was in medical school in the 90s, but this handout was from the late 80s that they gave us, and it was on HPV. And the top paragraph of this handout had said that you didn't see HPV-related cervical cancer in nuns, or Orthodox Jewish women. And that obviously, you know, was like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be on the test. We won't see HPV cervical cancer in nuns or Orthodox Jewish women. Now, I think they've, you know, changed that. That's, again, that was, but the reason why that was noted in the 1980s is because an Orthodox Jewish woman or maybe an Orthodox Mormon or Catholic might wait till they're married if they are, um, Marrying somebody who's a virgin, then they won't give HPV to each other. People don't marry as virgins as often as they used to. So very hard to find. Or you might be a virgin, but you might be marrying somebody who isn't. Now we have vaccination for HPV, but still, you know that might be a rise in what we're seeing with colorectal cancers, what we're seeing with uh, um, cervical cancer. So there's a lot of things that unfortunately could be affecting our health adversely, but what do we do? It's too expensive to ship something in a glass bottle. I prefer the taste of Coca-Cola in a glass bottle. When I'm in Mexico, I love getting Mexico Coca-Cola. I don't want to say Mexican Coke. <laughs> it's Coca-Cola. Uh, uh, the bottle. I, lo- I I could tell the taste right away. I like bottled um, um, like Voss glass. The water tastes so much better, but again, get changed to plastic so that it's easier to ship and cheaper to ship. But we, everything around us is plastic because it's cheap and light. There's been such a demand that we lighten things up in our, in our world because of the heat that the weight is creating on the earth and how it's affecting the crust and the temperature of the earth, that things are made lighter these days rather than heavier well, um, although you think, well, matter equals matter, but somehow you can make things heavier. Uh, but, you know, plastics are hurting the environment, too. So, uh, you know, what we need to do is every now and then when we could be aware of it, because at this point you could go, you could just lose sleep. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling what we are exposed to. But uh, even our sunglasses expose us to, to plastics. But... What you need to do is, whenever you could possibly divert you know, or or use something else that you don't have to. If you don't have to lick a stamp, don't. If you don't have to lick an envelope, don't. If you don't have to have your water in a water bottle and you could get it from a glass, do that. If you could eat fresh food and not have something that was frozen with all these other glycol, all whatever stuff they put into it. You know, try to do that. But if you can minimize every bit helps. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly.
5: 25,000 cheering next drive. Now, you want to try that on television? Well. You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising
1: your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Wellness and self care doesn't have to be complicated.
3: Doctor Dolly, your show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So, Grandma from Council Bluffs. Hey, she is Grandma. That's her name. Grandma wants me to comment if I am concerned about women not having their periods anymore, or all the women with abnormal periods. And she talks about her daughters and her granddaughters, her granddaughter's friends. And so, one thing that has changed since I. Right, Uh, had to go through the trials and tribulations of womanhood, is many women have been able to forego having a period. And foregoing having a period, if I had that option, wow. Okay, I don't brag about myself. In fact, I'm pretty self-deprecating. I mean, I make fun of myself with so many things. But I got to tell you, I was a super student. Yeah, I, and I, I don't, I know you guys don't need to hear me bragging, but I busted my butt in honors classes, AP classes. I worked in undergrad. I worked while waiting tables in, in medical school. I got a 1450 on my SAT, passed every board I ever took. But I once a month really struggled. I did 36 hour shifts. 38-hour shifts on some days, and having a period and menstrual cramps, can you imagine how much more efficient and more of a super student I could have been if I didn't have to have my flipping period? Now, before I start to ruminate on that and go, woe is me, I stop personally and go, but you want to know what? I was able to do that and all of that despite having a period. I had my period when, and cramps when I had to take my SAT. So then I start to imagine what happened if I didn't? Would my SAT have even been better? Yeah. And so when you look at that, what I always say to myself to make myself feel better is, okay, well... It made me stronger. The fact that I could be practically hemorrhaging, in pain, headache, bloated, uncomfortable, pimply, still able to do everything I had to do, even make the tips I needed to, waiting tables means that was a pretty good boot camp for me. And so when I went into labor, and labor was five days with my first and a half with my second to five days with my second until I could finally get an epidural wow that was the worst pain I ever felt but because I had a kidney stone because I had horrible cramps I think I might have lasted a little longer than somebody else could have now I'm not saying people need to suffer to make themselves stronger I'm not saying that I don't want anybody to suffer if you don't have to go through all the, you know, horrific torture that menstruation does or certain things do. You know, I, you know, why not? But part of me does wonder if there's been any studies on our pain tolerance. If once a month I'd have horrible migraines and cramps and everything else, I you know, and I'm dealing with this month after month, didn't things get better for me it actually did now I just thought maybe the cramps just went away or maybe it's because my body's like ah oh, she's going through this again man every 28 days I'm not even going to bother she's, she's going to still work and do whatever is it because I worked and kept myself busy that I didn't notice but I started to notice that the cramps got less and less severe is it because I build it, I built up a strength or an immunity to it Not immunity in the B-cell, T-cell sense of, you know. And so I don't know if they've done any studies on women who have been able to stop their period absolutely completely. And then they go to childbirth, and is the childbirth worse? Because if you interview any woman on what childbirth was, they'll say, are you flipping kidding me? That sucked. Okay, I don't think you could get any other statement than it sucked. You know, I, I if I did meet a woman that said, oh, it was easy, I felt just a little baby cramp, I, I don't even want to talk to you. I mean, those contractions, I mean, I understood that there were contractions, but, you know, when you watch Friends, you know, the contraction, they couldn't make a contraction last a whole few minutes. So when you see Phoebe, or when you see Rachel go through a contraction, it lasts three seconds. That's not how long my contractions were. And when you knew you were on the uphill of that contraction and it didn't even peak yet and you're in pain. And then, for those of us men and women that have had kidney stones, I'm telling you right now, kidney stone pain was worse. Don't let anybody tell you labor was worse than kidney stone pain. Kidney stone pain is the worst. You feel like you're dying, you're bleeding. And there's no contraction where there's a start and a stop. Until, of course, your contractions are back to back, and then that's a whole other issue. But passing that kidney stone, oh my gosh, that went on for flipping hours. And you can't get an epidural for that. So, I, you know, kidney stone sufferers, number one pain that I've ever felt. Now, again, I'm sure those of us in our military that put their life on the line and lost limbs, they... We'll definitely have stories that will trump what what we've struggled with. But, you know, so, you know, it is interesting. Do I think the birth control can affect the fertility? Could it affect the fetus? They say right now that you could completely stop your periods, go off your birth control, get pregnant right away, and there's absolutely no problem to the fetus. That's what the latest studies show. You know, when we find out that there might be issues, we could. You know how many years and decades we said Tylenol is safe for pregnancy? Acetaminophen is fine. You can take as much as you want. Only now for them to go, eh, it might affect the baby. There might be some links to neural development. Well, duh, of course. You're, you know. So, you know, obviously, there might be some changes. It might not be enough to write home about. But, you know, I, I do wonder... Now, I mean, I had to really navigate the bullies and the punches and the picking on. And I hated school. Uh, well, I didn't hate school. I actually loved school, but I hated the bullies. And I hated certain times of the day with school. And I hated having to eat by myself. I went to 12 schools. So being the new kid until I f- made friends, you were alone. It sucked. Uh, but I really attribute that to my being able to walk up to a complete stranger and have a conversation with them. You know, rather than me becoming isolated, I've been able to really be very social and be very communicative, and I could, with any personality, make that 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes hour work. Yeah, you know, so I, I, I think the training and the experiences you have shape you. I don't want people to be in pain, but could there be a study now, that looks at what are our pain thresholds, and are we, well, Well, uh, for example, uh, look at us having colds and sore throats and fevers. Okay, you used to work that fever, you made that fever work for you to fight that infection. Now, the second a child's temperature goes up to 99, parents are drowning them in Tylenol and Motrin. Well, I, I have nothing against Tylenol and Motrin, but I, what? You know, why not just deal with the fever i mean i'm 99 you don't want a child to have a high fever they could go into a febrile seizure if it spikes up quickly but you know we're we, we try to now squash every little bit of discomfort and unfortunately that could affect our tolerance One eight seven seven Dr. doc don't go away
10: Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.
1: All right, crew, let's get her dug.
5: Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember?
10: No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this make sure you do this for digging projects big or small make
7: the call to 811 brought to you by common ground alliance